Welcome to the Week 1 Chop Podcast. This is Paul Charchi, and my co-host is Brian Johnson. What's up, Charch? We survived Week 1. Most of us. If you're listening to this, you probably survived. Most importantly, well, not most importantly, but spoiler alert, Christian McCaffrey survived right, Week 1. Yeah, right. And we're not going to be talking about Christian McCaffrey. Not for this show, not, which not is great news. Show, yes. He had a, a decent enough game in, uh, in a tough matchup against Cleveland. Listeners, I hope you felt some of the anxiety that comes with the guillotine league already, or maybe you were safe the whole time and you never had to worry about it at all. Then were you just were you checking out the losing rosters? Like, you know, who are the guys that are going to come available? It's part of the beauty of the guillotine league is you have an investment no matter what. If, it, if you're near the chopping block, you're invested Sunday, Monday. And if you're not, you're invested in finding out who's going to get chopped. <sighs> I got chopped for the first time in the first week. This oh, week, I, I tough. we're basically gonna like run through my roster. <laughs> this <laughs> this episode in that that one week, it was a pretty yep. pretty bad score. But if you're gonna get chopped, you might as well get get chopped big. It's better than getting chopped by like a point or two. It was like by thirty. <laughs> All right, so let's to that point. Let's talk about the kind of advice you're going to get today and every Tuesday in the Chop Podcast. First, we give broad bidding strategies for everybody, regardless of whether or not you did badly, you did well, uh, what your roster looks like. We'll talk about it broadly. Then we'll give some player-specific recommendations for the 10 most commonly chopped players. You'll get specific dollar amounts for recommended bidding strategies and desperation amounts. For most of you, one or two of these 10 players are going to be available this week. And then we'll do advice for just like the regular free agents that would have been in any fantasy league. Guys that popped like Dalton, uh, not Dalton, uh, Dontrell Hilliard. Mm -hmm. Dalton Hilliard is several decades ago. Uh, Jeff Wilson, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, guys like that. Yeah, Jalen Warren is one. Najee Harris uh, left uh, that game late. They're suggesting he's going to play this week. We'll find out if that's going to be the case. Um, All right, now. The waiver wire. This is the magic of the guillotine league. Again, we're here every Tuesday. We encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss this on any of the Tuesdays when Chop comes out. Let's start here, Brian. The clearest path to victory, and I mean the whole victory, to win the whole thing is to survive until midseason and have a lot of your fab left. Explain why. Yeah, you don't want to blow your wad too early. And it's because, I mean, you have to be, like, in dire straits right now to – and that's a possibility. Some people are. Yeah, no, people there are, are enough injuries yeah. and stuff, but mm-hmm. you're still a very good chance you're going to survive. A, 90, not, a 94% yeah. chance you'll survive this week. So don't be so concerned left. with, you know, I got to have the best score. You just want to have the second to worst score, and then you're moving on. And, uh, yeah, so – you don't want to – there's a lot of exciting and enticing names out there, and they'll probably be available again. There are other guys, other big-name guys are going to be available next week. So you're, you're going to want to go out and uh, grab some of the names we're going to run through in a minute here, but uh, you, you don't necessarily need to. You just – you know, we say it all the time. If you ain't last, you're first. So just do enough to ensure or give yourself the best chance to not finish in last place and, and the, live to see another week. The second part of that is you want to roll through November – with like half your fab left or ideally even yeah. more than half your fab left because think about the quality of teams that are getting cut in November compared to now. You know, all everybody's teams are getting a little bit better every week, getting a little better, a little better. The teams getting cut in November are going to be superstar teams. 
and you want to have fab left for when those players hit the, the waiver wire. Yeah, there's no better feeling than controlling the board later in the season, meaning mm-hmm. you, you have the most fab left in your league, and you'd be like, okay, well, I know I'm going to get this guy. I have to bid this much amount, and I still can afford to be yeah. guaranteed to get player B as well. And, yeah, you, you, you basically run your league at that point uh, almost. So, uh, yes, you want to be conservative, but still somewhat aggressive. Yeah, we don't want this. you to. We don't want you to die with nine hundred fifty fab dollars. There's no. no point in that. Can't take it with you. To that point, self evaluation critical right now, and it's easy to have self doubt if you finish sixteenth, seventeenth place. You're like, oh man, this team stinks. But remember, again, ninety four percent chance of survival with seventeen teams left. Play the odds. Mostly save your cash. If you did struggle, ask yourself. Are those same players that disappointed me in week one, are they really bad? Or did they just run into bad circumstance? You know, if you had 49ers, you know, was that just a bad circumstance due to the weather? And, you know, and uh, uh, Trey Lance's third NFL start. Is that going to get better? Probably. So you want to be you want to be cautious about that. And even if you feel pretty confident that you're a cut candidate in the next week or two. So you're like, okay, I got problems and I need to spend. Don't spend $800 of fab. No. You know, do do not put your, your – your, it's going to be almost impossible to win. If you spend 800, 80% of your fab in week one, almost impossible for you to get to the finish line. You know, under no circumstance do I think anybody should be spending f- more than about 40% of your fab right now. Oh, and even yeah, then, it's, it's if things are super high. really badly for you. That's so, like if you're going to set your li- – looking at your lineup now and you have like three glaring holes. That's and, right. Yep. yep, exactly. All right, so – what should you bid? Broadly speaking, Brian, if people have got low, their low end players, I don't know, George Pickens, Robert Woods, you know, you know guys like that, I, you're in the $10, $15 range, mm-hmm. broadly for those guys, in my opinion. For middle tier guys, DJ Moore had a bad game, uh, Tom Brady, bad game, Ramondre Stevenson, those kinds of guys. I'm usually in like the 30, 40 range for yep. middle tier players. But then the high-end guys, these are guys that went in the first two or three rounds of the draft. Um, and here's where it gets really fun. Because all the rubes are going to go nuts. Yeah. Because they've never, the players who are doing guillotine for the first time, Alvin Kamara has never once in their entire life hit the waiver wire. No. They're going to put in too much money. They're the ones that are going to be throwing in 400 bucks, 500 bucks. Um, I Those don't are the think people who the aren't listening here. to this podcast. No, they're not. That's their own fault. It is. For those players, high-enders, first-round first picks, second-round picks, third-round picks, I'm usually in the $75 to $100 range. I'm with you. And on, on the other side of that coin, even if you say you finished with the most points, you got a, a, a great roster lineup, mm-hmm. it's always worth just throwing a, a very minimal bid out there, even on the big-name players, because you never know yeah. who can slip through the cracks. Because a lot of people have th- this mentality of, I want to save all my money. I'm not even going to yep. bid on anybody. You never know. You could get a, a high-end player you can get for 20 30 bucks. Some- Every now and again, it does happen. And mm-hmm. it's usually not that week's, like, premier guy, but it's, like, the fourth best player that week where uh, everybody's, you know, focused their bidding on the high-end guys, and they either forget or miss or, you know, just whatever happens, the fourth, fifth guy ends up hitting for cheap. So, um, again... We're going to exercise restraint for most of you, unless you are in deep doo-doo right now, like maybe you had Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. That was a tricky spot right there. You may have to fill that. That could be that could be dicey. 
Um, maybe you had Dak Prescott and some of the people that rely on Dak Prescott, like oh. CeeDee Lamb. We're going to talk more about these players. Um, and that's, you know, these are scenarios where you may have to spend more. Okay. Let's turn our attention to the 10 most chopped players. Uh, and I'm taking Elijah Mitchell out of this conversation because he's dead for uh, now. He's dead for basically two months. And, and, that and is, really, and this, so is, he's, he's not rosterable. So is Dak. Even though Jerry Jones is saying. Yeah, he's saying maybe a month. but That's a bunch of yeah. baloney. So let's talk about that for a second. You know, you're just trying to survive next week. Yeah. Anybody, virtually anybody, unless you're talking about high-end players, if you're going to miss six, seven, eight weeks in this format, just you need the roster spot yeah. more than you need to sit on that guy. We'll revisit that in uh, mid to late October. Right. <laughs> because, you know, let's take Elijah Mitchell. If you sit on Elijah Mitchell, you're soaking up a roster spot. That makes you more vulnerable to getting cut. And then here comes Elijah Mitchell on the waiver wire. So, I mean, there's a good chance you can get Elijah Mitchell later when that team with Elijah Mitchell gets cut. So, I don't think it's worth holding players. Now, it'd be a different story if it's Jonathan Taylor. Then yeah. I think I would I – would make it a point to sit on him and hope I'm still alive in eight weeks. Slightly more elite than Elijah yes. Mitchell. All right, the 10 most chopped players. We will go from, and this uses uh, the guillotineleagues.com um, format. Uh, so our platform, the 10 most chopped players from last week. Here we go, number 10. And this is the, uh, and the, the number one most chopped, it'll be the last one we talk We're about. Going in, number 10. In descending order. Descending order. Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers on a seven-point game. Brian, what do you think? He's got an upcoming schedule that's Chicago this week, a team he tortures the Bears. Oh, what he does to them it should be unfair. Then he's got a tough game at Tampa. Then he's got a run of easier games, New England, than the Giants and the Jets. So I, I like four of the next five games for Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? Yeah, seven-point game. He should have had more points than that on the very first, first play. play. Of the game, Christian yes. Watson <laughs> just drops a bomb in front of many family and friends, too, probably, playing at uh, North Dakota. That, yep. was, that was brutal. And, of course, Alan Lazard missed that game, too. So it wasn't entirely Aaron Rodgers' fault that he's on this list. But, you know, we say it all the time. Quarterback is a, a position we, we slough in the draft. It, yep. It's just Look at what Carson Wentz did. Look at what Davis Mills did. You can find help at quarterback Geno easier Smith. than anywhere else. Geno Smith, great example. Um, it, those reasons, those names, I'm not going too aggressive on Aaron Rodgers at all. I'll throw a buck out there. Oh, geez. Okay. And that's like a conservative bit if you're desperate, but I don't know how desperate you are for Aaron Rodgers right now because he clearly misses Devontae Adams. <laughs> like, yeah. that is very apparent. So um, if you're desperate for uh, Aaron Rodgers, and again, I don't think you need to be desperate for Aaron Rodgers right now because that receiving core is just taking a huge hit without Adams. I, I would go 10 bucks, but... Again, like Geno Smith might mm -hmm. be a first come first serve available free yeah. agent right now. I think someone will put, but he looked good, and he's got two great receivers in uh, Tyler Lockett and DK yep. Metcalf, and a little mobility too, and, and some yeah. mobility. We'll, talk, we'll actually talk a little bit more about Geno Smith uh, uh, later on. I would go a little stronger on Aaron Rodgers. I'm at fifteen dollars and a desperation bid of twenty dollars on Aaron Rodgers, and that's really only though if you're like uh, if you you're well, you had Dak, Dak Prescott. That's, that's pretty much the only Dak Prescott or the only case. Uh, the, I'm trying to think who what, what other Trey Lance didn't look great, like yeah. you said. But again, they were playing in a mud pit in that game. He didn't right. have George Kittle. I'm not going to read too much into his performance, but he looked a little rough. But uh, yeah, Rogers is not a, a must grab by any means. But he's worth he's worth throwing him. The ninth most chopped player, Alvin Kamara, at seven and a half points. 
uh, for Camara. The upcoming schedule is Pittsburgh, and Mixon just ran through Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. caught his way through Pittsburgh. Then tougher games against Baltimore and Green Bay. Um, he's obviously end of first round pick. So how much are you putting on Alvin Kamara after a dismal showing in week one? Uh, again, anyone, even if you, you're loaded at running back, worth throwing a bit out there just to see by chance you mm-hmm. get him. But so, you know, the low end bid, I would say about 30 to 40 bucks, but he's a guy I, I would be aggressive on if, especially depending where you're at at running back, if you're super desperate, I would go upwards of a, $150, but I'll say like a high-end bid of 100 bucks for Kamara. It was, it, he, he was surely disappointed in what looked like a great matchup on paper, a team in the Falcons that he's terrorized throughout his career. But uh, he's he's one of the guys on this list that I would be more aggressive. And, All right, and so your after. recommended bid is? I'll split it down the middle, 120 you're recommending 120. Okay, yeah. I'm at a recommended bid of, on Kamara because I've been softer on Kamara than you have all preseason. I'm at 75 and a desperation bid of 125. Okay. So we're actually not that far off. Let's go to our eighth most chopped player, Dallas running back Ezekiel Elliott. He just got done playing the toughest run defense he'll see all year in Tampa, but also Cooper Rush, a quarterback for at least a month more, and the offensive line looked bad. Now, granted, Tampa will, Tampa can make a lot of offensive lines look bad. They've got Cincinnati coming up. That's a and that's a medium, maybe a medium. Mm-hmm. They just shut down Najee Harris completely. Maybe it's a little tougher uh, matchup than I, than I want to believe. Then the Giants and then Washington, also a good run defense. So to the next three are, I think, a little tricky for Zeke. What are you recommending here? Yeah, last year Zeke started off against Tampa Bay and had the same kind of dud game, yep. but um, and then finished all right. Yeah, and and the team finished all right in terms in terms of health. Like you said, they're going to be without Dak Prescott, and that offensive mm-hmm. line is in shambles. They basically only have C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Dalton Schultz to take pressure off the run game. They had more options in the pass game last year to soften up uh, the run defense they were facing. So I'm I'm being pretty conservative with Zeke. Uh, again, a guy worth throwing a few bucks out there just to see if he slips through the crap cracks. But uh, desperation bid, I'm only going upwards of like forty to fifty bucks. I'll I'll say fifty, but I, actually I'm going to go back and say forty because Tony Pollard. They, they were trying to get him involved. He certainly seemed more involved in the passing game. Guillotine leagues is PPR, so that the pass catching backs are at more of a premium. So, yeah, the stars aren't aligning aren't aligning early in the season for Zeke. So I'm going to say 40 bucks. I've got about double that. I've got 75 as my recommendation. And if you've got the big hole at running back, I'd go 125. Well, I, although it's the same numbers I put on Camara. I was going to say you like, like Camara a little better. <laughs> okay, I good. like Camara a little better. So um, maybe I'll, I'll ratchet down Zeke just a tad from that. Let's go to the seventh most job player, Chicago wide receiver Darnell Mooney on a 1.8 game. Ugh. Yeah, killed me. Oh, terrible. Upcoming schedule's not good. They've got Green Bay, and I know the Vikings just toyed with Green Bay, but that was Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins. Mooney, I'm way less optimistic about. Jair Alexander, much being made about the fact that he did not shadow Justin Jefferson. They played zone for most of the game. I got to believe that Jair's going to go on Darnell Mooney, and they're going to make... Byron Pringle and Equinamia St. Brown beat them. I'm nervous about Darnell Mooney going forward. I was nervous about him coming into the season, too. What would you bid on Darnell Mooney? Yeah, and your boy Dante Pettis. He's the one who scored the touchdown for the Bears. That's the wide receiver. But, and Equinamia St. Brown. Again, that was a that was a, a tough game when it came to weather. It was not ideal passing conditions for, for either team. I still view Darnell Mooney as the top receiving option uh, on that team. We'll talk about Cole Komet later, who, who's – Everyone thought it would be the secondary option. He did yeah. even worse than Mooney. So, But, yeah, he's not a guy to get too excited about. I, I'd throw a recommended bid on 
ten dollars uh, if, if you're if you're mm-hmm. wide receiver needy, and even if you're not a guy, again, throw one or two dollars out there. Um, I I do think you'll see those games where he's going to see eight, nine, ten targets. Uh, so he's a guy worth throwing a couple bucks at just to see if he slips through the cracks. But yeah, ten dollars max on me. For I'd Mooney. go twenty five on Mooney, and I don't even like him that much. And I would go twenty five <laughs> on Mooney. I think you're being a little stingy here. That's okay. Well, uh, I'm a little bitter because he's one of the one of the many reasons I got chopped in that way. <laughs> Um, our, I don't want that to happen to anyone else. Our, our top 10 most chopped players continues with number six. That is Dallas wide receiver C.D. Lamb, who's Oof. now got Cooper Cup throwing to him. C.D. Lamb coming off a 4.9-point game. Cooper Cup might be better than Cooper Rush. I think you may yeah, be a yeah, quarterback. Yeah. Um, the upcoming schedule is Cincinnati. I have that as neutral. A positive matchups against the Giants and the Commanders after that for C.D. Lamb. Now, the good news is the whole passing offense kind of goes through CeeDee Lamb. The bad news is what we saw last week, that even when that happened, he was being double, triple team. Dak was trying to get the ball to him, couldn't do it. it oh, the whole offense looked out of sync. Um, what do you think about CeeDee Lamb here, Brian? Yeah, it's not uh, – my recommended bid is not so much for uh, the player. It's, his, it's it's the situation around him. With no Dak, if Dak was different, uh, I would be – recommending bidding a lot more but this is feels like Dallas is going to go through some tough times for, for these next mm-hmm. four to six weeks so CD feels like a guy who's gonna be appearing on the show quite a bit over the next month or it's two possible. so and I thought he was so safe too I, but uh, you know, who knew his quarterback could get knocked out I was saying 40 for Zeke uh for just talking Cowboys I like I like Lamb's prospects a little more I mm-hmm. would probably go uh, I'll, I'll say 70 bucks on CD as a recommended bid but um yeah. Right now, he's just he's not going to give you that. I mean, we were I was drafting him in the first round, but right now, if I was going to redraft a, a, yeah, a team, a by round. the way, which you can, we have yeah, new yeah, leagues. Great point. Every week at uh, yeah. e18leagues.com, just one. Te- they just start with one team less, and we'll run those uh, for the next couple months. But yeah, he just doesn't feel as reliable, and it's not his fault. It's just he's got nothing to work with at quarterback, and virtually no help at receiver. Uh, just the only help is. Dalton Schultz at tight end, but he's going to see a lot of double teams, a lot of bracket coverage. So I'm at, I'm at 60. I'm at $50 for CD Lamb. Let's go to the fifth most chopped player. That's Philadelphia wide receiver Devonta Smith with the goose egg yeah. game. Upcoming schedule is Minnesota neutral, Washington positive, Jacksonville positive. What do you, what, if anything, you're going to bid on Devonta Smith? Well, it's it's quite apparent that AJ Brown is the alpha receiver on the <laughs> sure looked that way through one game. And Devonta Smith played like ninety eight percent of the snaps too, oh, and like not a catch ignored. as you said. He played more snaps, probably ran more routes than AJ Brown, but finished with that goose egg. So five bucks, just keep it simple. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, not guillotine league friendly right now. He's a best ball guy that's going to have his spike weeks, but he's yeah. gonna, he's going to kill you yeah. with games like this. So agreed. He's not a guy if if you you have to be hurting heavily at wide receiver to even start him right now. I feel like he's just feels like a, a stash at this point. So I'll only pay about five bucks for that. Yep. I'm on 10 for Devonta Smith. Next, the number four most chopped player from last week, Rams wide receiver, Allen Robinson uh, coming off a two point game. His upcoming schedule is Atlanta favorable, Arizona, very favorable. And then a tough one at San Francisco, what do you think about the bounce back potential for Allen Robinson? I love the matchup this week against Atlanta. We saw Michael Thomas have a good game. Jarvis Landry also had a good mm-hmm. game. They're a secondary that can be beaten. And Robinson was a very polarizing player come Friday morning. Thursday he was, night, Friday he? morning. Yeah. I'm in the camp where he didn't look washed to me. If you watch the all 22, if you 
you know, you broke down the tape. He got open a lot as Stafford was not looking his it way. Was he had, Stafford was under duress that whole he game. He was. He was. And and we can't forget that Buffalo has a great defense. Yeah. And, and Cooper Cup is just out of this world. And somehow they, they, they find a way to get Cooper Cup in linebacker coverage. And they, <laughs> <laughs> How does that keep happening? I don't know. But, uh, yes. Justin Jefferson had some linebacker coverage, by the way, last week as well. But I, I think Robinson left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, but I think he will bounce back. So I'm going to go, I don't know if you have to go as high as $30, but I still think that's cheap for him. I still think he's going to be a viable option many weeks. They're not going to have to play the Bills ever again. That's probably the Mm -hmm. toughest matchup they're going to have all season. Uh, The offensive line is a bit of concern, though. It's not as good as it was last year for the Rams. So Stafford is going to not have as much time, but still outside of Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell's a nobody, Ben Skowinrek, Scow and Rick, not convinced uh, he's going to usurp Robinson as a number two option. Van Jefferson didn't play. That probably hurt Robinson even more than uh, even if he was on the field. So just I'm going to go 30 on A-Rob. All right. I've got 25. We both okay. think better days are ahead for him, but um, but we want to show a little caution. All right, now this one hurts, Brian. I didn't want to have to do this. You didn't think you would have to no. do this at any point, did you? The third most chopped player, Air, uh, Atlanta tight end, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, it was a tough matchup for Pitts. The Saints have been tough against tight ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pitts didn't have very good games against the Saints last year. He plays them twice a season, of course, uh, being in the same division. But I'm, I'm not reading too much into his 3.9 points. I think they're big games on the horizon. And if I was doing a, a new draft uh, this week, which we all recommend you do, I'm still taking him probably late first, early second round. So I'm going to bid on him with that kind of aggression and say $150 because he's still a game changer at the tight end position offers a ton of differentiate differential Mm -hmm. upside. So uh, I'll go 150 on pits, especially if you're rolling with Cole Komet right now or Uh Mike Kosicki. I might even bump it up to two, but I'll leave it at 150 because I don't want to blow too much of my wallet on on pits. Got the Rams this week. I'm nervous about that matchup too. Dawson Knox Um, was shut down. Yep. This Rams have been, were great against tight ends last year. I've got an $80 recommended bid on Kyle Pitts because I think you might get him at that price, a desperation. And a lot of you are desperate at tight end. A desperation bid for me of 120 okay. is my high end on Kyle Pitts. The second most chopped player, you just alluded to him, Chicago tight end Cole Komet with the goose egg game. Again, we already talked about the weather. Don't need to break that down. Green Bay is the next opponent. Uh, Green Bay just handled the Vikings tight ends, but Irv Smith was in his first game. Johnny Munt caught like two short passes. That was about it for the Vikings tight ends. But then favorable matchups against Houston and the Giants. Uh, what do you think of Cole Komet? What would you throw on him? Yeah, the market's not uh, screaming, go out and get no, Cole Komet right now. Not. I, he's not startable this week in my mind against the Packers, but you said he's got good matchups on yep, the horizon. Houston so and the Giants after that. I put. I think a lot of people might throw a dollar out there who are looking for mm-hmm. a backup tight end. Yep. So I put two bucks. I think he's worth a, a $2 uh, bid because, again, there's not a ton of options in Chicago, and I still think Komet's going to see, at very worst, the third amount of targets yeah. on average per game. And at tight end, that that's just fine. So I'll say a couple bucks on Komet. I wouldn't totally fade. I'd go a little him. stronger on Komet, actually. Mm. I'd go 15 on Komet wow. because... I like, you know, I probably got another tight end. I'll just sit Komet for a little while. Let's see what happens. Justin Fields gets better. You know, I, you know, there's so few good tight ends. I want, I'd love to have a second tight end on my roster. 
that brings all the upside that Cole Komet does with all the volume he had last year. Now, our most chopped player from week one, Cam Akers. Zero points for Cam Akers. And some of the post-game All-22 footage showing Cam Akers not trying very hard. Uh, his coach said that he's, he needs more effort from Cam Akers. Maybe this is the wake-up call he needed, or maybe this is just who he is after the Achilles injury. What do you make of Cam Akers, Brian? Yeah, for those who didn't see it, he just totally made a, a, a business decision, basically, and whiffed on uh, blitz pickup. It just, like, he got out of the way yeah, of the blitz. He did the old Ole, the, uh, the, the matador. <laughs> Very <laughs> much. And that's the type of thing that'll get you put on the bench for quite mm-hmm. some time. And, and Sean McVay was saying, like, Akers has to maximize his opportunities when he gets yeah. in, and it makes it sound like he doesn't. He's not going to get a ton of opportunities <laughs> awesome. until he makes a play. And Daryl Henderson looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. I will say Akers looked all right on that one backwards pass, or unfortunately he didn't get a point because it was a backwards pass. Yeah, and he got to the line of scrimmage. He would have ended up in negatives <laughs> if he didn't do that. He showed like a little bit of burst there, but again, we he's coming off that Achilles injury. We don't like that at all. So. I pretty much is not bidding on Acres. I'll throw a, a couple bucks out there to see if he, he slips through the cracks, but I'm not being very aggressive. I'll, I'll put a, a, a max at five, but it looks like Daryl Henderson's the guy right now, and who's to say that the Rams mm-hmm. don't go out and get somebody in free agency? Alexander Madison. It's not going to be Adrian Peterson no. after he got knocked out by uh, no, Le'Veon Bell. Did no, you watch that no, boxing match? I, that's so sad. It is. That's I know. so I, sad. I, I did see the highlight. How do they need money already? Ugh. Anyway, multitude uh, of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> in Adrian's case, for Cam Akers, I've got a bid of twenty-five on Cam. Oof. I'm buying. Uh, and I nobody's been a bigger skeptic than me. But at twenty-five bucks, I'll, okay, you, you, you I'm in. You can't I'll start him this week. Though, no, right? I won't. I, but I'll do, I'll play it out and just see what happens. But I, you know, I listen. If you have if you've heard any of Fantasy Football Weekly, our sister podcast, you know you know I've been warning people off Cam Akers for a year. So ever since the injury, but I still there's a price at which I'll I'll just take it and find out. Well, say you got one one spot to and you're you're going to get a running back. Would you rather bid the twenty five on Cam Akers or like the the handful of dollars you can get for Dontrell Hilliard? Right well, we're going to perfect segue. Okay, let's, go. let's go to this the final part of the Chop Podcast. The standard waiver wire guys that are probably on waiver wires in your regular boring leagues. Let's talk about some of these guys. I've got a range of $1 to $10 on these guys. And you, listeners, you can decide where between 1 and 10 you, you want to bid. We're talking about like a tenth of 1% of your fab on the year, your $1,000 fab. So, you know, no sweat on this. Uh, Carson Wentz, four touchdowns. And Davis Mills with a very tidy 250-yard game, two touchdowns, no interceptions. To me, those are the leading the leading guys and Geno Smith. Sorry, I forgot Geno Smith as well. Geno Smith with a uh, was it a three touchdown performance? I believe so. Gino? At least two. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you think about those those three guys? Would you prioritize any uh, any above the others? I like how you failed to uh, mention Rex Burkhead <laughs> getting all the playing time over boy Damian Pierce, but I would throw Burkhead in that that mix too. Well, but. I was just two quarterbacks. That was just quarterbacks. Well, you said Dontrell Hilliard. You said Dontrell Hilliard. Oh. Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Geno Smith. Okay. Yeah, uh, Carson Wentz, I owe him an apology. I said he was just going to be straight trash from the jump, and he was like QB1 this past <laughs> yeah. week. Um, yeah, they're, they're all worth bidding on, but I, I still I – like, I like Mills the most of the three, so I, I like uh, the options there with Cooks. And, I think Mills and, is going to be the most consistent out of that group. Yeah. 
Wentz is going to have his duds for sure. He had duds in that game. That game had the highs and lows of Carson Wentz inside that Commanders game. Let's go to the running backs. Dontrell Hilliard's my guy. I love him, but also Jeff Wilson. Jordan Mason is your new backup behind Jeff Wilson based on the fact that he was active on Sunday. Tyrion Davis-Price was not active, but Mason plays special teams. Davis-Price doesn't. So it's not clear that when it actually came, if one of these, when it actually comes to giving the ball and a handoff to one of these two, who that would be. Then there's uh, Jamal Williams for the Lions and Jalen Warren, who is the Steelers' probable starter if it turns out Najee Harris is going to miss a game or two. Yeah, I like I like Warren the most if we do find out that Harris is going to miss some time. But just, just assuming he doesn't, Dontrell Hilliard uh, looks looked good. And he he's did. very active in the passing very, game. Very, which we knew he would be. Yeah, and but but he was getting carries. We didn't see any Hassan Haskins, who's mm-hmm. rookie. He's a rookie who's built similarly to um, Derrick Henry, but uh, he got virtually no run. So it seems like if something were to happen to Henry, Hilliard might step like into a bell cow role. I mean, Haskins would probably spell. Hilliard, if something were to happen to Henry, but I think Hilliard's a guy worth taking a flyer on, so he's my favorite of that list. Well, Jeff Wilson, and I think that's because Jeff Wilson's rostered in the vast majority of guillotine leagues, but if Jeff Wilson's available, he's the priority add here. His average game as the starting running back, 100 total yards and a touchdown per game for Jeff Wilson as a starter, which he's had to do a number of times because of the constant state of injuries on the 49ers. Yeah, the news broke. He was the backup, excuse me, uh, last week. So I feel like he was the guy that got scooped up for the most part to burn the last roster spot in a lot of leagues. So he's probably the least available. But but Hilliard should be out there for most. I would put, uh, for a bid amount on Jeff Wilson, I would throw out 50 bucks. Wow. On Jeff Wilson. Starting running back for the Niners, in. I I want a piece of that. For wide receivers that should be available in many leagues, Jahan Dotson, two touchdowns. Curtis Samuel looked terrific, heavy usage. Josh Palmer with Keenan Allen out. Devin Duvernay from Baltimore. Donovan Peoples-Jones had 11 targets. 11. I thought those were all going to be Amari Cooper targets. No. And then Zay Jones and Christian Watson, who was on the field, a shocking amount, even though it wasn't a lot of production last week. Any of those names pop for you? Would you spend out of, you know, your normal price range for any of those guys? Oh, you know, Watson's in the doghouse, and uh, Alan Lazard didn't play in week Mm -hmm. one. He probably should be back week two, so he's kind of out for me in that list. Curtis Samuel, interesting, but he's kind of a a gadgety type wide receiver still. I think he's a spike week guy. He was, but, but when I went back to his last healthy season, which was the year before last, his second half of the season, he was wide receiver 15. I mean, he was uber productive, and they were running him. This, he was still in Carolina then. They were running him two, three, four times a game and then throwing to him a bunch. Um, I, I'm really intrigued by Curtis Samuel. I'm bidding on him in most of my leagues. I'm going to pick Palmer out of that list, though, because it sounds like Allen's going to miss some time. I know mm-hmm. DeAndre Carter, who I didn't even know he was still in the league. I right. barely knew he was in the league when he first was got when into he was the, in league. the league. Yes. But I thought about him. like I do remember that name, but yeah. I, I didn't even know he was on the, the Chargers. I thought Jalen Guyton was the other yeah. guy. But uh, Palmer is still a, a very intriguing talent. He, For he's sure. on the best offense of all the teams on that list. So mm-hmm. I think he would be the guy, if I was going to bid on one of those guys, I would go after. I think all, virtually everybody we talked about um, are all people that belong on rosters. Shed your dead weight from people that you that did not show up in week one. Uh, last thing it, that we'll talk about tight ends, Gerald Everett, Hayden Hurst, Robert Tunyon. O.J. Howard had the two fluky touchdowns on six routes. Yeah. Run. Brutal. That doesn't seem likely to stay together. But Everett 
Everett really popped, and Hurst was productive too, as well. I'd be shocked how available Everett and Hurst would be. If, you know, if you're starting an 18-team league, they're pretty much inside most consensus top 18 rankings. Um, but I'm not convinced on OJ Howard. Like, I don't think there's been a flukier two-touchdown game in NFL history based on the six yeah. routes you said he ran. Uh, Tunyon, I would probably go after Tunyon as a stash play because Rodgers... He is, needs somebody. And he, he's want to look for yeah. some familiar faces, yeah. guys that have scored touchdowns for him I'm in the past. That. And that's been Tunyon when healthy, and uh, he should only get healthier uh, as time goes on. So he's, he's a good stash play. But n- none of those guys are really reliable starters outside of Everett or Hurst in a deep league like a guillotine league, but I don't think they're going to be too readily available in most, most leagues. Thank you for listening to the CHOP podcast. We're here every Tuesday with waiver, wire, advice. If you haven't yet joined a second or third or seventh guillotine league, we continue creating new guillotine leagues. They're just one less team. So, you know, you can still get in a full season, basically, yeah. of guillotine league play, 17 teams. And we still have some guillotinis going if you want a nine-team guillotine league. Some of those forming as well. So still plenty of action at guillotineleagues.com. Talk to you in a week, everybody.